0: Oh, it's just plain radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. it
1: the
2: body, to the it the body.
0: Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll-free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please.
3: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That is is me-in-law, Captain Ed, and Dennis rounding out the crew today. For Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Boy, has it been a busy week. Uh, Well, not for Ed. You you got a day off. I got some time off. You got some time off. We had the president in Orlando, our home base of operations, shut down the airspace for pretty much the entire day on Tuesday, didn't it?
2: Well, The the later half. You know, basically, thunderstorms came through, which shut us down, and then... The TFR comes, and the sky's clear, and we could have been flying all evening long, Mm -hmm. but thanks to the TFR, we couldn't even start an airplane and taxi it. Right. Because when we're within that 12-mile ring, the the airplanes can't move.
3: Airplanes can't move. uh, Cars can't move. Well, (laughs) that too. In uh, downtown Orlando. was kind of crazy. Uh, You know, but yeah, he kicked off his uh, 2020 campaign right here in our backyard. And uh, oh, shut don't down. Don't you
4: just feel lucky, huh? <laughs> well, you know,
3: it was quite a spectacle, for sure. And it doesn't matter which you know side of the fence or who you support or who you don't. It's still
4: a spectacle.
3: It's still a – quite. it's quite a show, isn't it? Uh, and, but, but it does affect uh, the airspace quite a bit and creates well, yeah, and some it's, issues.
2: It's it, – every time you get into a, ca- a campaign cycle like this, it just – drives me crazy yeah that it it, and in florida being a swing state there's going to be a lot of travel and uh and a lot of tfrs and uh you know and once again it doesn't matter who the candidate is as long as they're sitting president that tfr follows them and it does impact our business it does not like it does down there in west palm now true they got we don't have it bad compared to those poor people (laughs) at lantana airport right they they literally in the winter time might as well just be reverse snowbirds Mm -hmm. just go north somewhere and start a flight school up there exactly but uh well
3: but it keeps you on your toes but it it, it was only one day so
2: you you got it uh you've
3: been keeping busy yeah and i know you guys been uh cranking it out hard hardcore but ed has been off the last few uh weeks and he hadn't had a chance to interface with uh captain dennis who is now a cfi a certified flight instructor he gives uh, there you go dennis I uh, got another accolade right there, yeah. in and there. You happy about Thanks, that?
4: Thanks, Ed. I yeah. am. You know, except that I, I suspect that you and Keith are both going to wash your hands of Greg now, and he's my problem.
2: Oh, hell yeah.
4: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what Keith said. But,
3: uh, you know, it's not all... Hey, uh, you can do it in your airplane, but yeah. it, it, it's, no, uh, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> that's not, not going to happen. <laughs> it's not all uh, smiles and rainbows. Yeah. Uh, he actually you know Dennis does have some news to share this week that has to do with finding stuff in his oil
1: mm-hmm. and we're
3: going to we're going to dive into that later on but we're going to focus on the positive first
1: that's his that uh, CFI
3: and that's his CFI so you know enough about Dennis you think he could handle someone like me or am I a special case Ed? go ahead and be honest
2: great <sighs> <laughs> oh, wait no, no wait
3: yeah take I take that out lie
2: if it makes me sound good um You've never known me to lie or make you sound good. Well, uh, true. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it, it, Dennis. It will. It, it, you probably need to get a little on the more experience under your belt before you handle him.
4: What? Yeah. And 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 uh, up my policy limits. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, what do you tell like a first time CFI? Uh, I mean, I know that your first student, you you took your daughter up there, and it's you know keep it in the family kind yeah. of thing. That makes sense.
2: Well, right? it's, it's, a, as I tell everybody, it, you know, it's a license to continue learning that the new CFI is going to learn more in the next 200 flight hours than they did in the last 200 flight hours. And it's really not about learning, it's about retaining and remembering because you've seen it all, you've done it all, but it, it hasn't really stick in, in, until you've taught it five times on the mm-hmm. same day. Uh-huh. By then, you got it. <laughs> And that's that's the thing. It's the 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 repetition of teaching the same lesson uh, to multiple people. By the time you're through the the fourth and fifth customer, you got that that lesson down, and and you can almost turn it on anytime you need it. It's it's. But up until that point, you're spending more time preparing than they are. Um, one because they don't study, but two because wait, you wait, want. We're to be not talking about prepared. me. Yes, we are. Oh, okay. You you may have thought you were studying, but it sure didn't look that. way.
0: What? Well
4: was oh. going through the motions. <laughs>
2: yes. So,
3: from a CFI standpoint, what you're saying is that you have to, you know, work up that muscle memory of how to properly what instruct for, yeah. you know, a skill. Well, that you I
2: can remember show the first the time I, I I I taught airspace. So, you know, I learned airspace as a private. I learned airspace as an instrument uh, uh, student. I learned airspace as a commercial student and as a CFI student. Became a CFI, and when mm-hmm. I was teaching my first customer. He was the first guy I had solo, so he's the first guy that I'm starting to teach airspace to. And I totally messed it up. You know, I, I, I was, I just, I just couldn't explain it. Yeah. So I apologized to him. I didn't charge him for my, that time that day. I went home and I made. About five pages of notes, and you know, I threw away the FAA lesson plan format and just did an outline with specific details that I wanted to make a point on. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and I taught it. That went well. I taught that lesson four or five more times. Now I can talk about airspace until I'm blue in the face, okay? Because I now understand the under, uh, understanding why and what I have to get across to the customer. But it just doesn't naturally come that way, you know. And 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 unfortunately, the the CFI training programs that prep people for the cfi uh practical test not to mention the cfi practical test none of them are are realistically preparing somebody to be an actual flight instructor they're teaching you how to fly commercial uh, be a commercial level pilot from the right seat as far as the flight test goes Mm. and talk while you're doing it and uh and uh and then there's this gauntlet of knowledge that you must uh assimilate and repeat uh, on the on the exam yeah to get the privileges to then really go learn how to teach somebody to fly
3: to pass yeah yeah you learn what you need to pass the cfi test but when it comes to actually being a cfi
2: it takes practice well the important part is that knowledge that they're there this gauntlet they're putting you through that knowledge that you have 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 accumulated is critical to being able to teach. If you don't know the subject matter, you're not going to be able to effectively teach or talk about it. You're not going to be able to effectively understand that the person you're sending the message to is not receiving it or understanding it because you're too worried about trying to remember, did I tell them the right thing or not? Mm-hmm. And so that part of the process is very appropriate. Um, and it's But it's it's getting out out there with that, that customer that doesn't get it Right, the first why, time. Why do you keep looking at me when he says this, Dennis?
4: I'm just giving well, him fair warning. You're the poster child for the customer that doesn't get it. Something like that. I get
3: it.
2: I do. Yeah, occasionally. Um, okay. But you know that's that's the thing that that's what that's what I every every brand new flight instructor um, you know we, we talk about that and you know that it, it is important to to find a mentor somebody that's done it before and and you can lean on and ask questions too and I'll be happy to do that with you as far as you know hey how do you handle a situation like this I get those questions uh, even from experienced uh, uh, in, instructors but you know the 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 bottom line is none of us have seen it all or done it all and uh, we need to have uh, have a, a community to to help each new instructor uh, do the best they can do and and turn out the the best quality uh, uh, private and instrument and commercial pilots they can.
3: So it's, an, it's a number of hours of teaching and the number of students that you've had that will just make you better. But there has to be other skills that you can share with Dennis or anyone else uh, thinking about going this route that would make them a better flight instructor, don't you think? I mean, is there anything you would give him as far as little, you know, Practice things that he can do on his own? Two. Two. There's two two of
2: them. One, Mm -hmm. be a good listener. Okay. That even if the customer doesn't have it right, uh, sometimes listening to all the other stuff going on in their life will give you a clue on what the the limiter is in their life to learning, that they may have something going on that's causing a block from learning. Mm. And the other thing is, if you don't have patience you're going to need it and the person that says oh patience is a virtue you can't learn i say bull Become become a flight instructor you have to learn it i and you know me well enough greg to know that i am not naturally patient i have learned this over time that i have to be and let people make some mistakes so that they can learn from those mistakes and like i say that's not my natural character your, your and natural my wife will attest to it as well.
3: Uh, your natural character is to say,
2: "Hey, look, idiot!" You know,
3: they just yell at him like that, really no, kind of thing. No, no.
2: What, what yeah, is that's it? that's saved for you? That's saved only for it's you. It's more
3: more physical, like a smack.
2: That yeah. No, I'm <laughs> just saying that that, that you, you you find yourself sitting there and you know the proverbial biting your lip because you want to say right runner right runner right runner right, 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 and you want them to yeah you know, not hear you say it that way is okay probably should add a little bit more right rudder here and notice that the turn corner is not not centered okay let's press on that right pedal a little bit okay that or even good.
4: more telling is to let them you know just watch and observe and make sure that they don't get too far out but see when they catch it because a lot of times having the student catch their own mistake it makes a bigger impression
3: yes the key is uh that time frame you want to make sure you call them on it before it before, before it turns it into, into something like you. issue exactly
0: Right. I'm not a good example as a student in this scenario. I'm just saying. Just plain radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
2: I'm getting pretty good. Just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase, Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, Increase I'm trying to altitude. land.
0: Terrain alert. I know terrain there's alert. terrain. I'm trying terrain to alert. land on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up.
2: I will Pull not. Up. I am my Pull own up. person.
0: Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing
2: unsuccessful.
1: Yeah, I saw you, freaking dog! Yeah, fly! Underweight!
0: Like an eagle! Fly! Touch the sun! Underway! Like an eagle! Fly!
3: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. And Ed... So two things Dennis can uh, do to make himself a better cFI better certified flight instructor is to have patience that's the the one thing if you don't have yeah, I don't know Dennis seems like a fairly patient guy I yeah. mean he works with us
4: he's been in an airplane with you he's extremely patient okay <laughs> well over the open ocean and I didn't open the door and push him out that's uh that's a real play plus right yeah.
3: Wow, you guys have been talking amongst yourselves when I'm not around, haven't you? Always. Okay. I don't know if we that's read patience. each other's
4: minds. We're 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 very like-minded, right? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> All right. So, uh it's a virtue, but it's something you can learn. It is. You have to to put that into your your arsenal of tricks as a flight instructor. Yeah. To to be more uh, patient. But uh, I don't think that's an issue with you, Dennis, you think?
4: I think you have to work on it for certain people, probably. Well, I mean,
3: do you do you have the tendency to want to whack someone like, like Ed just said, you know, when he doesn't get it right? If he didn't have to put on his instructor hat, it'd be like, Psh, learn it, Psh, you know, like corporal punishment kind of thing, you know?
4: No, I've never been that kind of a um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you
3: don't come off that way. I've never been that type of person. No, I, I, you said that that's kind of like what you're thinking, but you've had to channel yeah. that
2: negative energy into a more positive reinforcement type of technique. Well, here's the thing. Everybody, and and, and this goes back to your training, you know, it, it, it's how many times do you have to say something for somebody to understand it and learn it and the Answer to that is it's different for every individual, and if it's if it's a hundred times for one person and it's two thousand times for Greg, hmm. then you just have to have the patience to say it two thousand times to Greg. Okay, you could look at it that way,
3: or the corporal punishment uh, approach probably wouldn't work. A lot, you know. A lot with certain people anyway, because after you smack them a few times, they would be like, okay, I kind of like this.
2: Now, there is one place that I do <laughs> approve using pain in the cockpit. Yeah. When somebody has a really tight grip on the yoke. Right. And one of the reasons why we got the pens that we do for the company is they're they're thin and they're metal. Right. And uh, you put it between your, your fingers and you have them grab the yoke and it causes pain if they grab too hard. Uh-huh. And they lighten up their grip. Okay. It's the only time I am a proponent of using pain as a motivator in the I, I thought
3: for sure he was going to take the pen and stab, you know, the guy. And... I was you, thinking yes. more
4: like slapping the wrist like a nun in, you know, in a Catholic school or something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: only with Greg.
4: Yeah,
3: ruler. You need a ruler, wooden ruler. Yeah, okay. All right, so patience, uh, a few little tricks like that. What's number 2? What's the other thing? I Already said
2: it. Be a good listener.
3: Oh, uh, be a good listener. Okay.
2: Obviously, he's not been a good listener. I'm not a CFI. <laughs> Hello. That's also probably the reason why it's taking so long to learn.
3: Mm. Well, I, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the journey.
2: Yes. <laughs> Where do so, we go with that, Dennis? Come on. Oh God, it's I it gotta just, get my feet up.
3: <laughs> how many it's people? Way too deep. <laughs> how, how many potential pilots do you have in the uh, pipeline there, Dennis? What do you think?
4: Other than me. Actually, I'm I'm not actively looking for any right now, so yeah. I'm going to concentrate on, on my daughter because, you know, I want to see her succeed, and uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch, you know, the progression of her, you know, base, basically going from, you know, flying the gliders and now adding the power airplanes as well, and, you know, being able to do it in our airplane for some of the stuff, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: I'm sure uh, it is. But now I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to comparing – Flight instruction to diving, which I am a a diving instructor, Ed. So I'm wondering, you know, one of the things that uh, we kind of veer away from is doing just that, where you train your own family members Mm -hmm. because you have a tendency to be either a little bit more forgiving or more likely a little more harsh, (laughs) On the training uh, <laughs> techniques. It, it, you
2: know, it really depends on the relationship, but um, it, it is one of those things that most people will avoid in the industry just... Just because I would, well, my wife would never get in an airplane, and learn to fly, so I don't have to worry. She about She knows that. you too well. Yes, but I would not. I would not teach <laughs> teach my son either. But uh, yeah. but that. No wait, ha- why wouldn't you teach your son? Just because of the dynamics between him, him and myself thing? that you know we we do butt heads occasionally outside of it. Even right. though I know I could channel that away, there would be some. He did mow some, the grass. I'm gonna. He's gonna. Yeah, pay. There, there he's was, gonna there pay be, when we do those. He, he would. He would shut me out a little bit. But you Maybe. know that that really, like I say to Dennis. 'cause that depends on your relationship and, and and you know that better than anybody else. That I well, that it can it can work and it is a super cool thing to do. But like I say, I know myself and my son it, it would not work.
4: Yeah. And in my case, Abby actually asked me if I would teach her, mm-hmm. as opposed to me forcing her. I think that would be yeah. a different thing too. So um you know she'll be the first to tell me, no dad, I'm I don't want to do this and that's fine. So I have to respect that too.
2: Well, I do have to say, my son asked me once if, if he could learn how to fly, and I, I totally seriously told him, I said, as long as you can pay for it. And he's like, but you own the school? I said, yeah, but as long as you can... it's right. That's why I'm saying you got to pay for it. Right. My dad made me pay for mine. Yeah. You got to get a job and pay for yours. And he hadn't brought
3: it up since. And brought up since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of amazing how that works that way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, it, it I was, guess... It was, that, it was that serious check. Well, and I've had other... Uh, dads come to me and say, you know, I want my son to learn to fly, and I've told them, told him a story story what my dad did with me, and mm-hmm. and you know they they follow the same model. You're going to get a job, you're going to work for a year, save some money up, and then you're going to pay for your private. Uh, if you if you get through that, I'll pay for the rest. And you know that uh, that uh, you know I've seen a few take that advice and, and right. You know it, they they really got you know it tested them to make sure they were serious about it.
3: Sure, sure. Well, you know the same thing with my kids when it comes to diving. I mean, one of them still, you know, Max still has to get certified. And I've been kind of waiting for him to, you know, he's shown some interest. And we're talking about doing that this summer. But it's like anything. You you, you want them to want it. You, you can't just kind of force it on them like, yeah. hey, now I'm an instructor, so you're going to do this now. They, that usually doesn't work well. Nope. You got to see some, uh, you know, some drive from your students. But other than uh, Abby, is there anyone else besides me? <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, no. you need some drive from your students.
4: That's a good reason not to accept Greg as a what? student. No, that's exactly. not true. He has no motivation at all, despite all of our efforts. Right? I have
3: a lot of motivation. Uh, okay. I have so missions. So what is the
4: one thing that I've asked you to do to show me that get, you want to get, get my back medical in the cockpit? And
3: that's where I was going to go next. I was like, I, we got it here. From the flight school, from flight training professionals, like, all right, what do I got to do? Just go online and start filling stuff out for my um, new uh, medical, or what do you think? No, I
2: would I would contact the AOPA yeah. and spend some time with their experts about what you're going to need to collect from your cardiologist. And make sure you have all the ducks in a row before you make application.
3: Okay. So call up Tom Haynes. Call in a favor or two. Yeah. And you uh, could
2: even do it here on the air.
3: I could. Maybe I'll do that. All right, see, we're making progress. Are you happy there, Dennis?
2: Yes, I am.
3: Okay.
0: Just plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've
3: been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going
0: to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the
3: atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings. You can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Ed. And Dennis, who is a newly certified flight instructor and ready to uh, start training me in his spare time, you know, after I get my medical. And that is going to be the next step. I'm working on it. I am making efforts to uh, call people and, get that underway the thing is you know dennis is gonna have to come down to florida because i ain't going up to minnesota and it's it's
2: actually nice this time there's four or five days of summer it's great
3: up there i'm not sure about that i mean it gets pretty hot up there in minnesota it's not much better than it is down here in the heat of heat of summertime am i right dennis
4: yeah, we can get a little hot and sticky here, yeah, too. Yeah,
3: see? So, I was like, you got to come down here, and then we'll, uh, you know, take a cruise out over the ocean, get some of that ocean breeze going.
4: It'll be all good, right? We'll just get above 4,000. starts to cool off, doesn't it? Yeah, well,
3: true. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, if you get out in the ocean breeze, we don't even have to get it that high, do we? Yeah. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, what do I know? That's been
1: the
2: issue. That's rhetorical. <laughs> just <stop. laughs> He went right. there. We have to follow.
3: There is some aviation news and information we got to share. Uh, uh, I know, just a couple days ago, they announced what? Apario did what now exactly, Dennis? What's going
4: on? Uh, so Apario, the makers of the Stratus ads in device, yeah. uh, just purchased an electronic flight book app. So they purchased AeroV. So now Stratus is going to be able to offer you their own EFB app, uh, and along with their hardware, hmm. kind of interesting, mm-hmm. you know.
3: Because
4: why? Well, if you take a look, you know, For Flight they partnered with them originally. Uh, yeah. The Stratus was originally launched in conjunction with Sporty's Pilot Shop and For Flight to create a uh, all-in-one solution. Then For Flight started launching their own hardware, the Scout, now the Sentry. And, uh, you know, so now they're offering their own EFB to compete directly against ForeFlight that was once their partner. It's just interesting. You've got Garmin with their closed ecosystem in the form of Garmin Pilot. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Lots of choices, folks. More
3: competition,
4: better options, or maybe even lower prices. Lower prices. That one
3: hurt. For the uh, end-user Pilot. Good stuff. All right. More uh, with Captain Dennis and what
0: he found in his oil filter this week.
4: Flying away. Is that a bad thing? Only if you're a human being.
3: This is just playing radio, Greg a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Ed and Dennis. Alright, so Dennis has this Mooney 201. We've covered uh, you know his adventure purchasing it, maintaining it, upgrading the avionics. All kinds of stuff. Now he's going to use it uh, eventually, I guess, to start training students. At least, uh, if nothing else, his daughter. Right? You're going to train her in the Mooney, I assume. Correct?
4: Well, yeah, she'll get some time in it, but I'm not going to have her solo it. That's just uh, that's a lot of airplane for a new pilot. Let's have her, you know, work on a Cessna 150 until she gets her, po- her private license. But you know, there's no reason I can't have her, you know, do some of the night cross country stuff and maybe do the instrument work uh, that she needs as for her private uh, in the Mooney and then she gets some experience in it.
3: Now, why would it be uh, more difficult? Because it's a faster-flying machine than, like, a Cessna 150, or or what? It's
4: a lot less forgiving. You know, you do have a lot more going on. you got to put the gear down. You've got the, you right. know, the flaps to deal with, pro- adjustable pitch on the propeller, all of that kind of stuff. There's just a lot more going on. So, you know, why, why take your private pilot on expert mode when you can uh, do it in novice mode in a Cessna 150? Understood. Okay. So you have that. Um, and it may not be an option
3: you have available anyway, with the, the news that you got this week, or at least uh, temporarily, you know, so, so go ahead and explain the process, because you've been working on this for a few weeks, we haven't brought it up on the air, because I didn't want to, you know, I, I wasn't sure you'd even want to talk about this, because this is one of those kind of things like, Oh, no, please. So go ahead, Dennis. It's
4: potentially touchy. So you know that you know we've we've had the airplane now for two years and been religiously monitoring the oil, and uh, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen any indications in the oil analysis that anything's out of the ordinary. But Mm -hmm. uh, when we came back from the Bahamas, uh, I put the airplane right into annual. I wanted to get it uh, taken care of before we got into summer flying season, and everything was all set to go. And then the last day as he was about to give it back to me, he says, Oh, by the way, we just cut open your oil filter, and uh, there's some metal in the filter. And they're like, oh, the thing you never want to hear from your mechanic is that true, so, Ed?
3: Is that the thing? Is that like the big uh, no, yeah. no? You never want you would never want oil, or I mean, you never want well, you metal in your yeah, oil you, filter.
2: It, it's a sign of, of things starting to wear down, and and uh, and it really depends on the type of metal that they find in your filter. If yeah. it's aluminum, that's okay. Why uh, is that? Just because that's that's not any part of the the internal workings that matter the the stuff that matters the steel or what they would call ferrous metal Hmm. and they they so they see sparkly things and then they get a magnet out and they run the magnet over it and see what picks up that gives them the idea of so if it picks up that's bad yeah did they do that dennis then the magnet picked it up ah Mm.
3: so there was a little bit of that kind of metal in there and your mechanic said what
4: well the good news is we don't have to stop flying immediately so what he wants to do and what this is what we did do was fly the airplane for about another 20 hours and then pull just the filter again to mm-hmm. take a look and see how much cuz he thought, you know, it seemed like a lot in that filter, mm-hmm. but it's not as not nearly as bad now as it was after that uh after the return trip from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. No, wait, uh,
3: go back a, a step here cuz you just said that doesn't mean that you have to stop Flying your plane immediately, but does it mean that your plane may stop flying immediately? <laughs> no.
4: So, okay. what's what's likely happening here is we may have some wear happening on the uh, the lifters mm-hmm. for the valves and the cam. Uh, it's it's actually a fairly common problem with the Lycoming IO three hundred and sixty that I have in this airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lifters start to get some spalling on them, which uh, now that it's not smooth anymore. And that starts to rub against the cam and it starts to shave, you know, just it's like, like taking emery board to your fingernails and leaving little filings behind. Hmm. And so we want to watch this and see. And so I've been told that, uh, you know, after we did the second check now, um, it is still, there is still a little bit of metal in there, but it's actually less. And he says, just go ahead and fly it another 25 hours, dump your oil, dump the filter. Let's take a look at it again and we'll just keep monitoring it. How it's small of these uh, particles are we talking? Pretty smaller than a grain big. of sand. I mean, wow. it's it's okay. literally glitter uh, yeah. and not even what that looks big. Like. <laughs> yeah. If you get, yeah, it's mechanics glitter they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've
3: seen this uh, many times I yeah. guess, Ed. So what do you what would you uh, think Dennis is
2: dealing with? You have a it sounds sounds like just what is this mechanics explaining? That's I mean, pretty but it, normal.
3: But is it, it's normal like, like to find this? But does this mean or potentially mean this could be the beginning of the end so to speak?
2: It, it, I mean it, this is exactly what his mechanics is what what ours would do let's watch it. let's put you know maybe do oil analysis on it see see how, see how it's changing every time we change the oil uh, see because they're going if they send it out for oil analysis they'll they'll give you a ratio and once it gets over a certain ratio, okay it's time to pull the engine, do the overhaul. Mm. Um, so it's a matter of how much metal is in the filter or yeah, per
1: yeah
4: it's a percentage thing the, yeah. or the liquid yeah, and you
3: okay. haven't done that yet, right Dennis?
4: No, we've been doing oil analysis all along since I bought the plane, I've yeah. been doing religiously an oil analysis with every change and you know the, the trends have all been normal. The, the, in fact, the last uh, analysis we had which was done with the oil change at annual uh, said all readings are normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. had no, no real findings. Everything is uh, it was expected. Well, yeah. so why so, would
3: you find um, the metal then in in it now?
4: It yeah. most like the filter is doing its job. Yeah, it's filtering it. It's not getting caught in the raw oil. So it, the the sample that got sent to the lab um, was reading just you know the stuff that's small enough to pass the filter, which mm-hmm. it it isn't up high enough. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yep. So this could just be normal wear and tear is what you're thinking well, then? Maybe?
4: It is normal wear and tear, but it does mean that you know we are going to be looking at having to do an engine overhaul sooner rather than later. You yeah. know, how many, I was how hoping many hours on it so far? About 1,700. So, I mean, mm. the TBO is 2,000. Yeah, you probably won't make yeah. it all the way to 2,000. Probably not. But how, how many years has it been since it's overhauled? It was overhauled in
2: 1997. Okay. And here's the other thing that manufacturers say, 2,000 hours or... 12 years whichever comes first. So hmm. technically, uh, you know the manufacturer would say that's a run out engine and it should be overhauled. And when you get an appraisal they would look at it the same way. Yeah. However, if it's still turn it basically if it ain't broke don't fix it mentality actually really works well with these engines cuz if they're if they're nice and tight, not leaking oil, not making metal, run them as long as they're they keep doing that when they start throwing the metal it's telling you it's time or it's going to tell you it's going to be time before too long. So you're doing the exact right thing with it, that you're getting as much as you can out of it. And the fact that it sat for a while doesn't surprise me that it might not make it all the way to the 2000.
4: But yep. you and that's what we were worried it. about. Uh, you know, they, those engines have a real, um, real bad track record of if they sit uh, for like a year, which happened, you know, and, and that's what this airplane did. Um, you know, fortunately, the previous owner supposedly went out and, Flew the airplane at least once uh, every you know every couple of months, but I I don't want to bank on that. But yeah, it's made it two years, and only now is starting to show a problem. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's like you say, and that and that's where your good pre-buy and 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 then doing the oil analysis and having the right mechanic looking at it. You know, you can you can get a lot of life out of these things.
3: All right, so you know uh, you said twelve years, so it's already been twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're past that mark. So technically, it's already past the
2: time frame of needing uh, overhauled engine. Or once again, it comes down to that's what the manufacturer recommends. The recommends. FAA does not mandate it. Okay. And there's no regulatory issue about running the engine. And I, I've known a lot of other flight schools that'll run them three thousand, four thousand hours between overhauls. Okay. So the um, two thousand you know, twelve be, years is, be, is just recommended. Just a recommendation. Oh. Okay. Just a recommendation.
3: Got it. So so, uh, so, hopefully you can get some more time out of it. Which
2: the only people that, that matters to is the insurance company and mm-hmm. the appraisers and the FAA if there was an accident. Well, I'm
3: sure. Yeah, but at what point, uh, you know, when it reaches that threshold of like, okay, we got too much uh, metal, you know, in the oil filter here. W- w- at what point do you say, okay, I can't fly this anymore? You know what I mean? That's
4: the point that you say it. And, you know, that's going to be in a negotiation between myself and the mechanic. You know, when he said, you know, and I have to trust him. He's the guy that this is his job. It's his certificate on the line. When he says too much, you know, enough's enough. That's when we're going to stop. Yeah, and and that's you, you like I say you're
2: going through it the right way. You're going to be changing the oil probably uh, as frequently as you did, but you're going, to, you're going to be looking closer at the filter. Um, mm-hmm. That okay, we had we had uh, oil in the last one, or we had a metal in the last one. Oh, hey, look at there. We have less metal in this one. That's but who good. makes that decision? Is, is it the mechanic yeah. who says okay? yeah, Well, the sorry. mechanic's going to say, hey, you know, I can't sign this off anymore. Right. So uh, that's not airworthy. Yeah. After it, this you know, point. and and then that forces the the aircraft to understand. okay it's time to put a new engine in or you know it can also be dennis saying okay you know he's saying well we could probably get another 100 hours out of it and then say the way he said well <laughs> doesn't give me a lot of confidence let's just do it now well so it that's what that's what he he meant by saying hey, a little bit of negotiating
3: right you say 100 i'll say 50 <laughs> Man, we'll meet in the middle something yeah. like that all right, that's one thing to deal with. But uh, worst case scenario, what would a Go new fund engine me. Cost? Oh, okay, that's what we're going
0: to talk about next. Take one. Cool. Just plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium, instead of just to it.
1: Be adventurous, be amazed, be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org.
0: you are now clear for takeoff with just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
1: whoa kill the motor dude let us see what squirt does flying solo
3: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Ed and Dennis rounding out the crew today. All right, so today we're kind of talking about Dennis' plane again, at least at this point, and the fact that he's found some oil uh, or some metal in his oil filter, which is never a good sign. I mean, is it typical to find a little bit anyway? Yeah. And it's just a matter of what percentage? Yeah. So uh, according to your mechanic, Dennis, it was a little bit higher than he likes to see. And so yep. you're, you're monitoring it a little closer. You're on the first time, yeah. You know, it you know, came back the first time after you've been watching this, and it was a little less than what uh, uh, he he thought you might see, which is a good sign. So it could exactly. just been a fluke or something. And, or, and
4: now we've got time to you know to look at some of the other options too. We're going to take that filter, that paper filter element, and rinse rinse out the rinse it out so we can collect the little pieces of metal. Um, You know, put it in a jar with some solvent and rinse it out and filter that out. And then I can get the raw metal and send it to Lycoming. Hmm. And they have the ability to do a, what, a spectral analysis of it. And they can tell us exactly what alloy of metal it is Mm -hmm. and where that came from in the airplane. Mm -hmm. Is it just a chrome ring that we're seeing? You know, maybe we just have a bad ring on one cylinder that's leaving some shavings. That'd be nice, but hmm. I suspect it's, you know, some other part, and they'll be able to tell us because the metal alloys are different for the different components, if it's the crank, if it's the cam, if it's a lifter. Yeah. So, Well, if you got uh, that
3: specific, I mean, have you ever done that with any of your planes there, Ed, where you got that kind of analysis, or did you say, ah, oh, screw it, we're just going to get a new one?
2: Oh, no. I mean, we, we, we generally... Um we follow the TBO recommendation, so we hit the hours we change the engine. Right, and there's some legal liabilities with running a a flight school that way.
3: I understand. So you, you know. would not go to this extra step that he's talking about right now necessarily. If, if
2: we were if we were below two thousand hours and had this happening, yeah, we would. But if we were two thousand twenty one hundred twenty two hundred, we just switch the engine. Right. You know, so we're, uh, when when you're running a high volume hours like over 600 hours a year on the engine, they'll let you go. The manufacturer says you can go 10 percent over your overhaul times. Got it. And so that's generally what what we'll do. And we've got one right now that's there. Engine's sitting in the shop floor, ready to go. We got a prop on order. It'll take them about uh, uh, four or five days to swap.
3: Hmm. Well, that's a pretty big project, mm-hmm. and uh, when you look at the price pack uh, price tag of one of these overhauled engines, my mouth dropped. Because uh, just for your – you've already done this, right, Dennis?
4: Oh, my mouth dropped, yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, I mean, I don't know. You paid – what, what, what do you say? A couple uh, – 20 grand, 30 grand or something like that. Well, how much was it about ballpark? You don't have to get
4: specific. It, it's all over the place. That's what's funny. Well, if no, I not, want to not, frame. The,
3: uh, not the engine, oh. but the plane, the frame. Itself, just for it was like a
4: just money. just under $50,000 for okay. the airplane.
3: So, but the engine, isn't the engine like just the same amount of money almost or more?
4: Or is it? It could be. If I go out and buy a brand new IO 360 from Lycoming, it's about $50,000. Mm. Mm. That'd be right. Yeah. So Now, there's other options. I like? can send it to Lycoming and they can do a zero-timed overhaul. That might be thirty five thousand dollars or thirty five thousand dollars, or they can take my engine and rebuild it, and it would probably be thirty thousand. That's -hmm. just from Lycoming. Now there's other companies out there that we can go to Poplar Grove, uh, Jewel, um, you know, Bullduck here in Minneapolis. These are all shops that specialize in doing engine overhauls, and their prices vary. Looking at Jewel's price sheet, they start at twelve thousand for an overhaul. Hmm.
3: And then
4: then parts. So if your cam is shot, you're going to look at you know you're going to have to buy a new cam. That's going to be you know a couple grand just for the camshaft,
3: right? So So you 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 don't necessarily go until they get in there and dig it, dig through it, and everything. Uh, So I mean, and that makes sense, you know, rebuild or uh, go all new. But if you did a rebuild, I mean, does uh, does the counter then again start at zero, just like a brand new engine? Or it doesn't
4: because it's not a brand new engine. Right. It's still your case, but you send out the case generally would go to somebody like Divco and they would go through it and make sure that everything is good and uh, you know, do the necessary machining. Maybe uh, the journals for the bearings would get uh, ground out oversized so you can put a little bit bigger bearing in it and that would take some of the wear out, things like that. They'd get it all prepped, it'd come back, and it'll be back to you know zero-time manufacturer specs exactly like Lycoming would do but without Lycoming's overhead.
2: Understood. Yeah, and uh, we use a shop out of uh, South Florida called uh, Certified, and I've used them since about, what, uh, um, early 2000s and yeah. uh, never had a problem with any of their engines. They've always uh, made it to TBO or past, and um, um, phenomenal work. In fact, the engine we just took delivery of is from them and so
3: they just take it strip it down rebuild it whatever they, they, they have do. they
2: do that in the past but actually what we generally do is we will get an exchange engine so they'll build it up for us, ship it up that way it's sitting waiting to go on the airplane when the airplane's ready for it now ah. in this instance because the engine we're pulling off is a first run engine we want to keep that in, in our inventory so we outright bought we're not we're not going to uh, i think it's a second run engine and we are um, uh uh, are not going to uh, send them a core back, so we're paying extra for it. But it's our spare engine now, and so it'll go on to the airplane. Then we'll send the one that comes off down for overhaul, and they'll go come back up, sit on the shelf, wait for the next airplane to need an engine. And, and got it. Same thing with the propeller. We'll have a so spare.
3: you mean first run in that it's had,
2: it hasn't been rebuilt yeah. before. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it hasn't been rebuilt. before.
3: Is there any limit to how many times
2: you can rebuild a, an engine like that, or? just depends it depends it depends on the wear and tear one of the things they do when they split the case is that they, they will magnaflux it which basically means uh, you know pump it full dye penetrant and x-ray it for cracks mm-hmm. and uh they'll also uh, measure the thickness of the walls yeah and so if they're wearing
4: down any of the castings just go new you're made of money or wait let's get keith's credit card Oh, maybe we just need to set up a GoFundMe for oh, Captain yeah. Dennis's Mooney's new engine. Yeah, he's going to raise about 20 Because I know Greg doesn't pay me. <laughs> True.
2: Nothing new there.
3: Not going to change either. And on
2: that note, we'll
3: let it. next time, remember, there
0: is no better high
4: than, than learning, learning to, to fly. fly. Yeah.